hello world welcome to another episode of mindfulness podcast patrick and lele here as hey, hey. as always with uh with a very special guest today as well but before we jump into our guest and oh, yes. some news from kindrel lele if you could kick us off what's happening in the the big blue world of mindfulness at ibm <laughs> so on the big blue world uh pat so um this uh, i mean it's the summer is always uh uh, quiet time, right? Many people might be on holiday, many are uh, you know, relaxing after a long closing in certain areas. Um, so uh, mindfulness continues with the practices and uh, with our podcast, right? Uh, and then we are working for what is coming, right? So the first is, as I also mentioned in the past podcast episode, the mindfulness-based connect experience. Uh, so our journey uh, into mindfulness at IBM uh, will uh, refresh, right? So at the end of July, there is a meeting. Uh, if you want to contribute to it, if you are part of the MBC, you can join. I put the link um, uh, in the description of the podcast. Uh, you can join to to see, you know, what what didn't go well, what went well, and what you would like to have more in the MBC, right? So to make even a better experience for the next wave. And then during August, August we are going to, uh, meet all the supervisor, try to make the cohorts, creating the cohorts, and then launching it in September. So I see that many people are contacting me, oh, Lele, but I don't see the events. We are volunteers. We are a group of volunteers in IBM, so we don't do NBC so often. Uh, we do it just a couple of times a year. So if you really want to take part in it, wait for September. This is going to be the second and last wave of this year. Uh, and uh, looking forward for many more enrollments. We had, uh, I think now at the moment, we have more than 160 badges already assigned. So it's excellent. And then another thing that we are doing is, of course, the Mindfulness at IBM Summit. So here, uh, important information. Uh, Kinga, uh, that I mentioned as well below on Slack, is um, the project manager this year for, for the Mindfulness at IBM Summit at least the part of the summit that is organized from IBM side uh, is going to be coordinated by Kinga. So what it, what it means is that she needs a lot of support and help from anyone that really would like to contribute to work on the summit. So please reach out to, to her, uh, maybe Slack her or below there is a, a, you know, the, the higher contacts and information or let me know as well. We are meeting once a week now to really see and progress the summit. So we need to organize a lot of things, right? From the speakers, the timing, the theme, and everything else to make a really great celebration of mindfulness, particularly for who doesn't know mindfulness and could really get much more from, from just attending one of our sessions or practices um, and start a mindfulness journey themselves. You know, so that's, that's what is happening. And uh, that's it from my side path. Uh, so what uh, what's from you? Thank you, Lele, for for sharing all of that. Welcome. As always, great news and and lots happening. Uh, <laughs> and I'm definitely looking forward to our collaboration soon on the Mindfulness Summit. Yes. Uh, quickly, when it comes to um, Kindrel, what's been happening? We actually just published our newsletter, so you could find that on uh, LinkedIn or internally if you're in Kindrel. Nice. And we themed June to be summertime sadness. Um, so you can you can check that out. We have some, we, we feature this podcast as well as a trauma sensitive mindfulness podcast. Uh, 
Yolanda talks about uh, sadness mm. and um, the importance of feeling and experiencing it. We have a really cool book of the month, Big Panda and Tiny Dragon, that Rachel recommended, some nice artwork. Our champion of the month is Stephanie McGuire. Thank you so much, Steph. And there's also a really nice article about sadness from Jay about the, the neuroplasticity and the somatic experience of how nice. sadness and, and difficult emotions are also stored in the body, ones that we experience from, from childhood. Uh, last but not least, we've been uh, working on bringing mindfulness to our managers for their Kindrel Way enablement. Mm -hmm. We've had some presentations for the Canadian leadership and for our strategic markets. We've been teaching a lot of the trainers and we've led three groups through introducing mindfulness. Our guest was, was one of those uh, teachers as well. And, and so far the metrics have been phenomenal. So that's been kind of the, the latest and the greatest in, in a nutshell. And I guess from a personal experience, I, um, I got to attend the I got to visit for the first time after years of study, the University of Oxford Wow! and had a two day training there about trauma sensitive mindfulness. So it's good to see a lot of my teachers and master teachers and all that. All right. Without uh, further ado, our guest Let's go. for today is Vijay Soman Navar. Welcome Vijay. Where are you uh, calling us from? Welcome. Uh, hello, Patrick. Thank you very much. Hello, Lele. Yeah. This is Vijay Somanava from Bangalore, India. Mm -hmm. Welcome, I'm welcome, part Vijay. of the Kindrel Project and Programs Management Team under Operations, Kindrel Operations. Thank you for inviting me to the session. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Let's start out first and, and foremost a little bit about your journey into mindfulness how did that start when did it start what yeah wherever you'd like to start yeah i'm just thinking about uh, my uh, journey into the professional life uh, soon after the college um, ended up into this professional field in the it environment and i literally had no thoughts or uh, don't know what exactly happened and about 15 20 years passed by in the professional busy world in the corporate world and then came across um, a meditation uh, vipassana meditation basically and that was really helpful for me it was an eye opener and until then my life was altogether different and after attending 10 days uh, silence retreat I think uh, my life took a, a U-turn, I can say. It started moving towards myself. Otherwise, it was just moving ahead, ahead, ahead and somewhere. It was a great journey. And probably I would uh, put that as the starting point. It was in 2015, November. Mm. Yeah. And then I came across uh, the same uh, within Kindrel as well. And thank you, Patrick, for uh, initiating it all in IBM. And uh, I started attending your sessions and got attracted naturally to it. 
uh, it was very nice to have this well-being within the organization as well i thought and uh, since then i have been part of it for our our listeners that might not know or have heard of uh, vipassana if you could give us a quick little definition of that and uh, explain also what happened during that 10-day retreat why was it so uh, profound yes definitely yeah it looks very difficult initially but uh, once we enter into the field uh, wherein we need to meditate for about 10 hours where we cannot talk to anybody we will not have any information what is happening outside the compound walls and we will have separate rooms separate cells in pagoda for meditation and sometimes in the hall itself there is absolutely no need to connect with anybody or talk anything else other than meeting the teachers whenever needed or for any essential items with the servers otherwise there's no it's all about myself how i'm going to live my 24 hours into 10 days or in more literally 10 hours of solid meditation for 10 days and it doesn't give it didn't give me anything about external world what is happening in the world or about my own intelligence it was all about self-experience about my own problems that were coming up how exactly i was expecting what uh, what how my mind was working in this world how it was behaving why it was doing what it was doing why i was doing what i was doing and it was a self-exploration i can say that it was a journey within myself and the moment i attended the first one uh, and journey it just started it did not complete after attending that one and since then i have dedicated most of my leaves for vipassana and i have been attending uh, at least two retreats every year on my personal leaves and um Wow, <laughs> first of all. So it, if I understand uh, correctly, Vipassana is one of the most ancient techniques of, of meditation. Um, and it's, it's focusing particularly on, on the breath and the sensations of breathing as, as the anchor point. Is, is, is that fair to say? Yes, definitely. Yeah, we start with breath for the first three days and then uh, um, we start experiencing more sensations once the focus increases the concentration increases then uh, we start getting more sensations in the body and we start focusing on them sensations are always there throughout our body but uh, we just do not recognize them it is just like our heartbeat at this moment i may not hear my heartbeat but uh, when i am more focused more concentrated i can hear my heartbeat just like that sensations are there all the time and uh, they are the ones that are driving our actions as well but mm -hmm. we will start realizing once we get a little bit of more focus and uh, we start listening to the sensations i would say and we uh, it would become easier to observe the sensations after fourth day and we move from 
breath observation to observation of sensations. It's anything, any experiences, nothing but sensation. Yeah, if I'm getting a pain, it's sensation of pain. Yeah. If I'm feeling some kind of uh, uh, pleasure sensations here, yes, it is a pleasure sensation. So it's anything. It, it could be something happening within my abdominal area, maybe indigestion. That's also a kind of a sensation. So it's natural one, normal one, nothing outside of this world. Yeah. Noticing that it's happening and being with it without expecting it to be different from what it is. So that was one major uh, takeaway for me. I had never heard in my life to be with the reality. Somehow I, I came across uh, the world where nobody told me you should be with reality. I always thought, okay, I should be with good things. I should be with comfortable things. I should be with convenience, right? But nobody had told me that I should be with reality and that's the only thing that is available to us in this present moment. So earlier, I was living in my own world. I used to carry my own expectations wherever I go. And I used to have that kind of expectations from the world as well, like be it family members, be it my colleagues, friends, relatives, whoever it is. And I used to have my own strong opinions about everything, literally everything in the world. And then I started realizing, no, no, the world is not like this. It's not my perfection. What I think is not perfect. Everyone is equally perfect. Everyone's opinion is equally correct. And I really do not have any evidence to prove that my opinion is better than somebody else's opinion or what I think is better than somebody else's thinking. With, after realizing that, then I started, okay, the key pointer of Vipassana, look at everything as it is, not as I would like it to be. That's the literal meaning of Vipassana. Then, okay, wherever I go, I am carrying this mental baggage that things have to be like this. This is good. I'm just thinking about my own convenience, but I'm giving it to the whole world around me mm. that this is good, that is good, this is bad and all. It's my convenience that I was doing, my own expectations. And later on realized it's not the reality. I was not living with reality. And I was all the time carrying that baggage. And then when I, when that baggage started reducing, my freedom started. And it's a great freedom to be with without any baggage, right? Baggage of my own expectations, nothing to do with outside world. And that helped me to connect with others as well. I became a little bit more communicative, more acceptable. I mean, the world became more acceptable to me and uh, vice versa. Otherwise, I never used to listen to anybody else. No, I am the perfect person. I am the right person. I cannot tolerate anything going wrong. Uh, 
but that was creating a lot of problem for myself and also to my near and dear ones and once i attended that session and after seeing some difference in me changes in me about 2025 of my relatives close relatives including my wife my mother in law my parents my brother in law sisters like 2025 people around me went and came back to the same session mm. because that was the impact of me attending that session i did not market the things to them and explain them this is so good go and attend they started seeing the acceptance within me and i think even my personal relationships with everyone changed after that and even in the office also people get surprised who have seen me 10 years back and who see me now i did have good cordial relations with my colleagues all the time but that was out of compliance out of social responsibility not may not be all the time out of my heart yeah, actually i think so and uh, uh, i am accepting no no i have different opinion but i'm fine with it mm. <laughs> that was the case earlier so so moving a bit into the uh the workplace now um why do you think there is a space or there is a need for for meditation for mindfulness in the workplace yeah definitely so again uh, this meditation thing when vipassana was more related to self exploration or which leads to self realization uh, it's it was the only goal of it but on the way i started understanding about myself when i started understanding about myself it's the same person everywhere with whoever i interact they are also just like me exactly like me they also have the same needs as i have in the workplace for example as a project manager as a program manager i used to go to the meetings with my own set of expectations from the meeting and i used to try to prove my point is right my view is right my plan is right and then the difference slowly slowly i got uh, i started changing myself in such a way that over a period of time yes everybody is right let me not look at the things as i want them to be okay this is my viewpoint this is my proposal if anybody counters it anybody comes up with a better one i'm perfectly okay with it earlier also i used to say that but out of formality i used to say but indirectly i used to say now if you want challenge it if you want give a better one but this is the uh, perfect one that used to be my mindset earlier without my knowledge of course but now it is not so hardly i say yes this is my proposal i think this is what is right and we will proceed with it and if you have any other suggestions please most welcome and now the way i interact and accept the others opinion even if they are saying no you are completely wrong and uh, it should be done this way at the end of the day i hardly thank them okay we would have done some mistake otherwise this is the better one 
okay we'll go with this option and i don't have any negativity feeling with that that my view was not accepted in the meeting and somebody else gave a better proposal and we had to go with that currently i don't feel that way but otherwise earlier if anybody counters me and gives a better solution also it was hard for me to accept i think it is a very natural tendency of human being and that helps in the program management in the role that i am performing and that helps in the uh, it, it becomes very easier for others also to come to me and start saying what is their opinion and how best they can improve being more innovative giving the inputs participating more in the meetings otherwise they used to just listen and uh, uh, go with whatever uh, is given to them that was the major change i would say and another change is about over a period of time from ego based perfectionism based mindset approach to others it slowly started changing into compassion based little bit caring if somebody is saying something and if even if somebody creates a problem it is just because of that person's problem instead of being angry against that person many a times i feel compassionate little bit pity about the person because nobody blames others without them having the problems within themselves right i started realizing because if i am not contented if i am not compassionate towards myself i cannot be compassionate towards others towards the world i just say about the word compassionate but i will not be compassionate i will have my own agenda playing around right so that made me feel like i need to be contented in the first place i need to be compassionate about myself in the first place it's okay for the things to go wrong it is okay if my expectations are not met then only i can be compassionate with uh, with all others around me that was one more important realizations for me that helps me in this corporate world greatly right. and uh and last question before we uh we move on to a little practice what is what is next for for vj in his mindfulness journey yeah definitely mindfulness has opened up a, a great space for me uh, definitely and especially the one course attended uh, at oxford university and also the material that you had provided patrick it was really wonderful in the sense it combines the old techniques with modern psychology and it connects to the world very easily and it connects it connected to me as well very easily and uh, gave a lot of scope for improving my own mindfulness and my own um, way of thinking uh, that's really helping me and there is no stepping back whatever is possible i'll just continue to spend more time with it whenever i get and again mindfulness is not uh something that needs to be done dedicatedly uh it is part of our life part of 
acting, doing, or being. Even if I am being, I need to be mindful. And if I am just being, they're also mindful rather than, for example, waiting in the queue. Earlier, it used to become a harassment for me. Now, I don't feel like I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm just being. It's an opportunity. Mm. Right. Otherwise, wait, if somebody says you'll have to wait at the queue for 30 minutes, it's a big harassment. And I used to go on complaining about everything about the system. This person did not do it properly. That person did not do it that properly. And because of that reason, I'm being harassed and I'll have to stand in the queue for 30 minutes. Now that problem is not at all there. So mindfulness, as I, uh, as I said, it's again part of the journey and all the time throughout my journey, uh, it will definitely be there. Thank you so much, uh, Patrick. Yeah, now it's a uh, thank you queue, right? I'm so happy <laughs> that I get to wait in line now and, and just be and, <laughs> and observe. Of course. Good. good. Would you... Um, would you mind leading us through a short little practice, the Lele, myself, and, and our listeners as we close today? I think it's time. Yeah, definitely, Patrick. Thank you. So it will be sitting with the breath, probably one of the easiest ones that can be done anywhere. And while sitting in front of our computer as well, by taking just a few minutes time, maybe two to five minutes, Let's sit comfortably with back upright if possible, but not stiff. Hands rested comfortably, head and neck comfortably balanced. Let us sense observe the experiences in the feet, in the entire legs, the contacts between chair and the body, the middle portion of the body, hands, face area, expression on the face, the head. Slowly move the attention to breath. Breath is already happening. And notice the effect of the breath. There are sensations in the nostrils when breath moves in or out. In the throat area, breath can be experienced in the chest. In the belly region, because of breath, there is a movement in the belly. Wherever you are comfortable with the breath, wherever it can be sensed more, just notice.
and move the attention to breath happening there abdominal area or chest or nostrils natural normal breathing allow the body to breathe itself the intention is not to breathe well it is just to observe what is happening with the breath breath is coming in coming in started moving out moving out again mo moving in moving in in this way observe the complete cycle of the breath it is direct experiencing of the breath not thinking about the breath keep the body comfortable mind silent it is not doing it is not trying to do something just allow the breath to happen and notice no effort required once there is continuous awareness of the breath the mind gets stabilized balanced and any action performed with this balanced mindset will be for the well-being of myself and for the others around me once the mind stabilizes there is continuous awareness of the breath feeling of the breath sensations of the breath slowly move the attention to the entire body expand the attention to the entire body the space the body occupies the sitting posture the expression on the face the contact of the body with the chair floor take a deep breath intentional deep breath in breathe out 
and slowly open the eyes if they are closed. Thank you. Very, very nice. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick and Lily. Thank you, thank you for Any... this opportunity. And thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank you for, for being and doing what you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's it for me. Lele, over to you <laughs> to, to close in any final words for us. Just be aware about the beauty of awareness itself. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for being part of the Mindfulness Podcast. Talk to you in a week from now. Thank you. Thank you.